What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this episode of Locked On Sooners. Let's chat a little bit about Oklahoma's forecast now post-spring with our friend Josh Neighbors from Locked On Big 12. What about Texas? What about Oklahoma State? What about Baylor? All of their 2022 forecasts coming up on this edition of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every day. As always, we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Josh Elmer of 94.7, the ref in Oklahoma City and beyond. Joined by Josh Neighbors, who, of course, is the host over Locked On Big 12. Josh, what's up, man? This is sort of you and I meeting for the first time, uh, both in podcast form and really just kind of in general. How's uh, How are you doing? Thanks for joining the show. I, I'm well. We we share a common work partner in Chris Plank. So I know many of your your listeners know Chris Plank from your station. Also the voice of uh, Oklahoma Center softball. I get to work with Chris at SiriusXM. I often produce Big Twelve today. So uh, and Plank is is one of the best. So you and I, you know, both Joshes, both working with Plank. That is our big common connection. Also very glad to have you as part of the uh, Locked On family now too. Well, thank you for the kind words. And yes, Plank. Uh... He's a good one. He's he's about he's as good as good it gets. Ones. Yeah. Well, you probably have an interesting perspective on Brent Venables and on Oklahoma. Obviously, you're commandeering the Locked On Big 12 network, so you've got a lot of thoughts on anything going on in the Big 12. But just from an outsider's perspective, let's let's backtrack it all the way to his airplane touches down from Max Westheimer Airport. He's officially introduced as Oklahoma's head football coach. What was sort of your general reaction to Oklahoma hiring Britt Venables? So I think the the whole transition was obviously really interesting with, you know, with Lincoln Riley. And um, there. so there is a large group of Oklahoma fans who are like, you know, effing we're better off without him, which I totally understand. And I think in the short term, no, I think the long term, actually, though, it's actually true. Now, whether or not they're saying that out of spite or out of like they actually believe it. Uh, that's the big question, but I actually think they're better off long-term just, I think it's going to be hard for him to mess this thing up at OU because it's so well run and he understands how well run it is too. It's not like something that he's having to get a grasp of. I mean, he was a part of it for a long time and has a full understanding of what this thing is at Oklahoma. And so I, I think with him going to the SEC, like he didn't coach there, but at Clemson, you see the amount of, you know, really good defensive linemen, that they got and they put in the NFL and he had to win a lot of those recruiting battles against teams from the South going for those guys. Right. So that, that's something that he's got a lot of experience with. And I think that's going to be really valuable. Also him going and getting a guy like Jeff Levy. We'll see how long he can hang on to Jeff Levy. I think his, his kind of journey as a coach is a very complicated one. Um, and so we'll see how, what, how that does, but I think it was a fantastic hire. And so I, I think they're in really good position. I, I think it's anybody who's saying otherwise, you know, is I think trying to lie to themselves, but you never know how coaches work out. This just has a feel though. Like this is, this makes sense. Like this makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's hard not to feel positive about it. OU's the favorite this year. They should be the favorite this year. So I was posed what I thought was a reasonable and good question on the radio 
this week about Oklahoma. And the question was, are the sum of the parts from what Oklahoma got out of the transfer portal or simply the star power in Caleb Williams, in Spencer Rattler, in Mario Williams, in Jaden Hazelwood? I mean, Oklahoma lost a lot to the transfer portal to other places, and yet they've brought a lot of different pieces in. The quarterback, Dylan Gabriel from UCF, Jonah Laula defensively, Jeffrey Johnson defensively, Trey Morrison up and down. I mean, there's so many different directions you could go with transfer portal defections for Oklahoma and then transfer portal additions for Oklahoma. So if I were to pose that question to you, the star power that Oklahoma lost, is, is that greater than the additions Oklahoma has made or are the sum of the parts that Oklahoma has added via the transfer portal in your mind, Josh, greater for Oklahoma? I think that's well. It's it's difficult to say. I think last year's team is it's pretty, in my opinion, pretty clearly better than this year's team. Um, I think the conference isn't as good as last year's conference. So, like when I think about the conference perspective, that's what I see it. But look, both those guys they lost a quarterback. Both Rattler and Caleb Williams are two tremendously talented guys. If Rattler has a good season and went first round in the draft next year, I wouldn't be shocked. Caleb Williams, you know, everybody's mentioned this. He's in the path to be the number one pick. It's what they talked about. I mean, Dylan Gabriel is really awesome, like a really good player who's got the balance of experience, plenty of experience, a lot of time left, and knows the offensive coordinator, so it's a kind of a natural step up for him. But he's not either of those guys. He, he's he's not. So I think we have to be honest about that. But still, he's a really good player, and, uh, you know, they, the offensive system is going to work. Um, so I think I, I don't like saying like, it's, it's, it's worse. I mean, it's not like it's that much worse off, right? Like it's not some really bad situation that Oklahoma is staring down the barrel of, but I mean, the draft too, they lost a lot of, a lot of depth, I would say across the board on defense. I mean, those guys didn't go as high as we thought, but think about the amount of guys they lost, I mean, you know, Perion Winfrey and Samoa and, and Larry Turner. Yell. I mean, they lost all, guys all up and down that defense. So, yeah, they brought in some good pieces, but just between what they lost to the draft and the portal, yeah, it's a little bit more. But I think the conference will be a little bit less this year, so I think they should be okay. So now we have closed the book on the spring, not just for Oklahoma, but across the board in the Big 12 and in college football. With the spring that we've gotten to take in and everything, all these changes at Oklahoma, what's sort of your – entering the summer outlook for the Sooners favorites they're the favorites to win this conference. And um, you know, for it's funny because I think, I think actually a lot of the arguments that people are using kind of against Texas in a way um, you know, it's kind of the pro Oklahoma argument, right? It's like, I've seen this before. It's Oklahoma. It should be good. I know it should be good. And um you know, the anti-Texas like, well, it's bad. They've been bad. Why should I expect them to be, to be, you know, good next year. So um, I'm kind of, I'll lean into that. Like I, I do think in Oklahoma's case, at least they, they're fine. They're set up. Well, they're in good hands on defense. That's the one thing too. Like the offense, if he can keep getting coordinators of Jeff Levy's caliber, that'll help get players. And that offense will be really good. And they will not have to worry about it. It on defense. That's been the key for them. Like we kept hearing last year about how much better their defense was going to be. It didn't look any different. It, it it didn't. It didn't look like you know they had times they're really good, but 
there are some moments where it's like, this was a group they promised me, right? The Tulane game was the one where it's, I know it's the first game, but you're like, oh my God, like, what is, this is not going to be close to what we thought it was going to be. Uh, the Oklahoma State game, they, they they had a good run on them too. That's the end of the year. It's kind of bookend things for you right there. Um, I, I'm really looking at the defense and see where that comes along. And I, I think without many, as many guys they lost, who they're bringing in, like, we're going to need to see game action actually to, I think, get a sense of where this defense is going. And are they getting a bit more physical at the point of attack? Are they a bit better up front? You know, are they managing things? Can they tackle better? I know Oklahoma fans, they watched last year, man. They could not tackle with a darn last couple of years too. So that stuff, like that's the tangible stuff. We're going to have to see if it changes. But from a general sense, they're the favorites. They should be the favorites. It's OU football. You know, the everybody else in the Big 12, I think is really the, the interesting angle to coming out of the spring and heading into 2022 and we saw that everybody else last season in the big 12 championship game it obviously broke oklahoma's string of six consecutive conference championships and Mm -hmm. everybody else it was well represented by baylor and oklahoma state so let's talk about that but first let me tell you about our partners over at bet online they continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info find all of the latest odds news and sports developments including this year's nba basketball playoffs Of course, we are hot and heavy into Major League Baseball season where there is plenty to wager on, baby, every single day. Fights, uh, even next season's NFL futures, a bunch of NFL odds starting to come out. BetOnline, it's your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And obviously, we just had the... The NBA lottery draft, so we now know what the board looks like. So perfect place to head on over to Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow and the crew, they've got all that NBA draft, mock draft information for you, player rankings, and of course, what else? Big boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Okay, so Baylor and Oklahoma State, they meet up in 2021 for the Big 12 championship game. The fact that Oklahoma wasn't there makes it a surprise. What about those two teams? Oklahoma State, their defense, I mean, Josh, it was historic yeah. in 2021, but they're replacing a lot now on that side of the football. Spencer Sanders, to me, I'm sort of of the camp. You know, when you've started for a couple of seasons, and I'm not just saying this because yeah, no, a- I- I'm a, I'm, not, a, I'm a Spencer Sanders guy, so I I, under, I know what you're about to say. <laughs> Look, it's not a bedlam thing with me. It's nothing right. like that. After I've seen a couple of seasons, you kind of, to me, are what you are typically. I'm not saying there's not exceptions to the rule, but that part for Oklahoma State, the idea that he's going to do what he did in the bowl game for Oklahoma State on a regular right. basis, and really what he did in the second half versus Oklahoma on a regular basis – that part scares me away a little bit from the Cowboys in terms of winning this uh, this Big 12 conference in 2022. Baylor, I'm probably a little more high on Baylor than I am, say, in Oklahoma State or anybody else. Texas, I, I Nebraska is not a great example for Texas, but I hear and have heard time and time again with Nebraska, oh, look out, this is the year for Scott Frost and company. Stop it. Stop it with Texas and Nebraska. Until they go win eight or nine or ten games, I don't want to hear in the offseason 
that Texas or Nebraska are winning, you know, respectively the Big Ten or the Big 12. So that's kind of where I'm at with Texas and their hype. Quinn Ewers, sure. He's got all the hype coming out, all of the markings of potentially being a superstar quarterback. But can he take a college snap before we award him that? Xavier Worthy, superstar in Texas. But how do you sort of make sense of everything in the Big 12 when you think about the two teams that played for the Big 12 championship last season? Where are you at? Let's start there. Baylor and Oklahoma State. What do you think about these two teams entering the summer? So they've got a they've got a lot of work to do. I'll, I'll tell you that. Um, Spencer Sanders thing, like it, I'm with you. It's so frustrating because he's got a lot of talent. I mean, he's a really talented kid. In terms of arm strength, like he is not going to compare him to anybody who's like you know loading up NFL type arm, but he's like he's pretty close. Like he throws the ball. He's got good zip on it. His decision making is just horrible sometimes and uh much like the other quarterback the conference adrian martinez does not take good care of the football too does fumble as well he's gonna have to like he's gonna have to learn like th- th- like he's gonna get another full year and this is gonna be his offense man they're gonna lose you know they lost tay martin obviously who they had a, a awesome connection last year really um and then also you know they lose jalen warren so you know what, what happens there the running game they have to pick that up as well and then their defense think about all the guys they lost off that defense last year. That was one of the best defenses in all of the country. And and so I, I'm a huge Derek Mason guy. That was a fantastic hire. I think the one thing Mike Gundy has done really well is he adapted that team to what they were good at last year. You know, we always think Mike Gundy of pass-happy offenses. No, that was a run of the football team. That was a defense team. That's what they were last year. And I, I think he'll do his best to adapt to what this team does well. So I think eight wins probably in the question. I, I don't think – I mean – Look, if it happens for Spencer Sanders, I will be the first person to be like pumping my fist for him. I want it to happen for him. If it happens, it happens, and they'll have a chance to win the conference. It's one of those things that we can't bank on. So I think eight wins, which is, you know, after a year like that, you're lighting the world on fire. Eight, nine wins, pretty good place to be. Baylor, they lost some stars on their defense. The good thing is their defensive and offensive lines are really good still, their offensive line especially. But Petrie, Bernard, uh, lost guys secondary secondary as well. A couple guys in secondary. Uh, you lose Abram Smith. You lose Tristan Ebner. Um, you know, as as like losing Gary Bahan is not a problem. the The problem is is that you're admitting last year's offense was kind of riding the coattails of the defense, right? Like when you're saying, "All right, Shapen's the guy," what you're basically saying is, "Look, our defense isn't as good." And therefore, the offense is going to have to take a step up and be better. And so, I do think there's a there's a process with that. That that offense is going to have to learn how to be better. How can this team be complementary? I think in the end of the year, I think it's a team that probably in November is going to look really good. I think September and October might be a little, you know, might be a little rough for them getting their feet under them because a lot of it's new. But I, I've got their infrastructure is good. Once again, defensive line's good, offensive line's good. They retain a lot of the coaching staff, and Dave Aranda is a really thoughtful, good head coach. So. I think they'll be fine. I just think both these teams, like we've seen this in the conference a lot, Josh, where it's, you know, Iowa State's in the championship game, Baylor's championship game, Oklahoma State's championship game, Texas in the championship game. Like there is a, there is this, this conference is history of rotating. So it's kind of a cyclical thing. And it seems like they're going to take that step back to get back forward this season, at least. Okay. The Texas long, long horn. <laughs> so you heard my dissertation about Texas. I'm just, again, very much a see-it-to-believe-it kind of person. And that's what I'd like to see with Texas. 
to me, when I look at the skill talent and think about B. John Robinson and Xavier Worthy and everything that Quinn Ewers has been billed to be. Now, again, I need to see what Quinn Ewers is, but where are you at with the Longhorns? I'm a little leery myself defensively with Texas, but how good in your mind is Texas entering 2022? Uh, I would say like, I've already placed a wager on them to win the big 12. Um, I think I, you know, plus 200, I think it's probably, you're probably not going to get much better value than that. Although they get smacked by Alabama. I actually, if that line moves at all to that, I might take it. It's not a conference game. So it's a, a kind of a value play right there. Um, I'm, I'm, I think with this team skill talent, think about it like this. Like they have the best quarter, they're the most talented quarterback in the league. They have the most talented running back in the league. They have the most talented wide receiver in the league. And then, to be honest, in talent, I mean, at, at tight end, like, it, is there anybody more talented than Jaleel Billingsley? Now, look, all of these guys won't hit, but you add Isaiah Nair, you add a Jai Hall, you add Jaleel Billingsley, you bring back Jordan Whittington. Like, the skill, there is no excuse for this offense to not to, and Rosh, and don't forget Roshan Johnson, who I think is a, I mean, he would be a starter on like five other teams in this league, but he's, and I think he compliments B. John Robinson very well. So I'm looking at the offense, and I think this thing with Steve Sarkeesian, it should be gangbusters. The key for them is you have to be good for 60 minutes. They were good for 30. Sometimes they were good for 45. They were never good for 60, ever. And that was a thing. I mean, when, when you think about five and seven, right, and talking about winning a league title, that's a big jump. When you think about beating Baylor, and you go back to the Baylor game last year, you were leading. Think about beating Oklahoma State. You almost went up three scores in that game. Oklahoma, you were up three scores in that game, right? You think about all of these games we mentioned, Texas, you know, the Kansas game, they took a lead again. Like, it's 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 plausible they could flip all of those results or nearly all of those results this season. So I'm high on Texas. I think that was a cleansing the palate type year. Steve Sarkeesian, we'll see what happens, you know, but look, they bring in Gary Patterson. It's got to help the defense. They've recruited at the spots they needed to well. Offensive and defensive line, the question is, how many of those guys are going to trickle into who, into who's playing right now? And I do have some concerns of the defense, but you, know, you got a guy like Keandre Coburn up front and linebacking core. We'll see on that one, but I think they've got a, I think they've got a shot to be really good this year. I don't know if everything has to break right for them. And I I, I mean, they're, you know, like Overshone and, and Brock Meyer and their linebacking core, like are two guys I really really like. So like their defense can it be a disciplined defense that plays well in seventy five percent of their games, whatever. Can their offense going to play you know well 75% of their games? Can they mix it and match together to get to 9 to 10 wins? I think they can. I actually really think this they can this year. This is not me doing the Texas is back thing. I just think when I look at the rest of the league and you think about where they are, they have a huge jump on a lot of positions, on a lot of guys. And those really good defenses that we love aren't as good as they were last year. That's right. Hey, I – I, I welcome any Texas is back type conversations. It's but here, can... but Josh, it's not that though because I I keep every one of my my videos I do. People are just like, oh, I counted fourteen comments in a week where people were like, Texas back. Where we heard that one before. Like that's that's I try my best not to do that because and people are saying back. It's like win a title, right? Like nine to ten games is realistic for them this year, in my opinion. Whether you think that's back or not, you know, people out there, that is up to you. That's where I see them. That's where I think they should be. I think they should be a 9-10 to 10 win football team with the amount of talent they have in comparison to the rest of the league. 
Listen, if Texas wins 10 games with Alabama on the schedule as well, that will be trending back. If not, you know, to me, to quote unquote, be back for Texas, it can't be a one-off season. It has to be, you know, followed up and you got to do it multiple years in a row because that's what Texas was doing with Mac Brown. We, we, you know, it's been a while now, but in the two thousands, man, I mean, it was Oklahoma and Texas, and it was ten win season after ten win season. Yeah, I just, ch- I, I just think they have a real good chance to be really good this year. Like I think that's that's where I'm at. I, I agree. Your back point though is correct. They got to do it for multiple years. Okay, so just a couple of other cleaning cleaning up uh, the house here around the Big Twelve Conference. JT Daniels, in some circles, his his uh, arrival in West Virginia. I mean, there's people that are really really high on the Mountaineers all of a sudden because of him, and then. Listen, feel free to jump in and correct me if I'm crazy. I think this Adrian Martinez pairing with Deuce Vaughn at Kansas State, they've I'm just taking a flyer. I'm not right. buying every last piece of stock that they've got in Manhattan in Manhattan, Kansas in the in, in the little apple, but they've got me intrigued as a team that could potentially get to the Big 12 championship game. What do you think about the both of those two uh both of those two teams, West Virginia and Kansas State, and the quarterbacks that they've added. So I want to do Kansas State first. So I am not an Adrian Martinez guy. Um, I look at it like this. One of two things will happen. So he is a turnover machine. The one thing Kansas State does really well, and actually OU fans got a great look at this last year, and they're well familiar with Kansas State. They limit the number of possessions in a game, right? That was a, that was a game where Spencer Rattler was like just money. I, I think OU scored on like – eight of 10 possessions, whatever it was. Right. But they want to lower the amount of possessions in a game for a guy who turns the ball over as much as he does. One of two things will happen. Either a it's less opportunities to turn the ball over or B you're just going to turn the ball over and more of your offensive opportunities. Right. So there might be a middle ground there, but I think what's interesting is their, their offense is really experienced. Uh, they've got a couple really good wide receivers and Brooks and Knowles. They've got the, maybe the, I mean, like best all around player, offensive player in the conference. Like I know Bijan's most talented, but I mean, Deuce Vaughn last year, his numbers with the, that quarterback room that was just rotating in and out and how good he was, you know, I, I, I don't think you're crazy. They're 40 to one right now, by the way, to win the league. So not a, uh, that, that's a great value. I think at 40 to one in the league, we're not really sure who the two best teams are. We think we might know, but we're not sure. West Virginia. Great folks. God love them. They're awesome people. They're very active on our YouTube channel. They're re- they, they really want this team to be good. I really like Neil Brown. I like Graham Harrell. I like JT Daniels, man. Uh, just, I, I'm not, I'm not sure I can get there. I'm not sure I can get there because they lose with Eddie Brown is best part of their offense. We'll see how the offensive line does. We'll see how the running game looks, but like, are we, are we solo on a high power offense where Bryce Ford Wheaton is like the, star wide receiver is that kind of where we are is that kind of what this thing looks like and then you know on defense too they seem to lose their best defensive players like every single season so that that's also a problem for them i want it to happen in morgantown i've been there got to go see a game last year great fan base awesome um you know i think they probably go seven and five like i think that's that's probably where i am which is not a bad season not a bad season well given where west virginia's been at yeah yeah, I don't. I don't think that's sort of to me. And Kansas State, like I said, I mean, I, I'm, I'm. You got my attention a little bit, but Kansas State, West Virginia, TCU, to me, if like I'm, if I'm doing tiers right now, that tier is probably right. all together. And then you've got maybe 
to me, Oklahoma as the favorite. And then you've got Baylor, Oklahoma State, and Texas all in that that second tier. And then right after that would be those other teams. Okay, so we haven't talked on the podcast this week about Jimbo and about Nick Saban. We have to react to the college football war that is. Real quickly, let me tell you about Built Bar. What if I told you that there's something that's as delicious as a candy bar, but it's only got 150 calories, only 9 grams of sugar. Oh, and by the way, it's also got 16 grams of protein for you. That's what you can find with Built's new Birthday Cake Puffs protein bars. Typically, I'm not the eat a massive breakfast kind of person, especially during the the work week, but you got to have something on the stomach. And this limited time flavor from Built Bar, it's an amazing option. If like me, you're looking for the healthy way to get flavor and variety to start your day. All Built Puffs covered in 100% chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. So do yourself a favor and go visit Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. What did you think, Josh? I mean, obviously, this is outside the realm of Big 12 Conference, but it's sort of it sort of superseded everything these last couple of days. What Nick Saban said initially in singling out AM and Jackson State in primetime. And Jimbo Fisher wasn't happy wasn't having it. He called his impromptu press conference. What did you make of all of this? So I actually thought Deion Sanders made the best point out of all of this. He said on his show, or he went on the Mad Dog Sports Radio on XM and said, Nick Saban was not talking to me. He was talking to his donor base. And I think he made a great point. Like that's, that's the point of this, you know, in a way he was saying, yeah, I wish this was different, but also he was saying, look, if they have the biggest war chest, if you guys want to keep, you know, keep coming and seeing Nash championship, Nick, and keep getting those rings, you guys are going to have to do the same thing too. So I think he was kind of lamenting the way things have changed, but also said, Hey, if this is the way it is right now, it's got to change. You know, I knew Jimbo was going to react the way he did, calling an impromptu press conference and doing that stuff. Um, Greg Sankey sitting there thinking, you know, this is, you know, I mean, look, it's good for content. Like, I think everybody's all agreeing, like, this is awesome for content. For me, this was kind of a kind of a nothing burger in a way. It's, you know, I don't know, like, like what, like what comes out of this that like we didn't already have, right? Is there is there some conversation about how NIL needs to change? I don't know. I really don't think so. You know, I, I don't think this is a conversation starter. All I think this this does is just promote that upcoming game between them. Just gives a little more heat to it, in my opinion. But um, what do you think? Yeah, well, that's exactly right. I that just so happens to be the same Saturday. It'll be October eighth when A&M heads to Tuscaloosa, Mm. Alabama. I'm officially predicting the Alabama Crimson Tide to win this game by 97 points after after this back and forth. Uh, That's the same same Saturday as the the Red River Showdown Mm. for Oklahoma and Texas. So that's that's kind of interesting there. I. I feel like Jimbo Fisher out of the entirety of this sequence, if and when we get to a point that enticement truly is punishable and there's actionable things done against tampering and everything that we've seen going on in college football, to me, Jimbo Fisher squarely, squarely placed the target on his back. So, hey, I'm not saying that we ever get to that point. And actually, I would be also in the camp of bravo, Jimbo Fisher, for landing this number one overall class. Right, yeah. You know, if if it's not going to get punished yet, then 
Hey, cut whatever corners if you're cutting corners. If it's through the collective and it's not direct enticement, then bravo, more power to you. But I do wonder a little bit about, okay, I mean, yeah, fire back and, you know, say that you've done absolutely nothing wrong. Yeah, well, why, so, it, why is that? Like, that's the one part of this where I don't understand it. You know, we got John Ruiz from Miami who's like the extreme version, right? He is like out here tweeting like, Nigel Pack is coming to – it's coming to Miami. It's like, okay, whatever. This guy is, you know, out, out here, obviously. Jimbo Fisher has acted like this is not, he's like, why would anybody accuse us of giving money to players? We have worked hard for our number one class. It's like, dude, this is, this is, you know, you don't have to say the quiet part out loud, but just you, all you have to say is like, AM's a great place to come and play and our people support our kids. That's all you have to say. You don't have to act like this doesn't exist. He's like, people's families are offended. Who is family is, is offended by this? I, I just, like, he's gaslighting. He's in some different world where he's like, people believe me when I say this. Nobody believes you, which is fine. I think, Josh, are you fine? I'm fine with this. I'm fine with the kids getting the money. Like, yes, if, if they ever do punish, sure, they'll come after him. But, I mean, I, you know, y'all can pay for good enough lawyers. I think you should be fine at AM. Well, and I didn't think Nick Saban, it was any sort of an attack on kids or their families. No, it was so, a either. commentary about where college football is at and maybe where it's headed. And, uh, you know, this maybe John and I can dive into this next week. I do think there was a wrinkle of Nick Saban's territory being stepped on mm -hmm. a little bit by Jimbo Fisher. So I'll give Jimbo Fisher that little caveat that I agree with him on that. And it was a little bit of a call to arms to the business folks down there in Birmingham that look, you know, if you want to stay number one, we aren't number one right now because they went and bought every player that's on that roster. So, and, and I, I think that, I think that Nick Saban, whether it's for himself or for the future of Alabama, I do think that he senses the encroachment there a little bit by the Texas A&Ms of the world. Keep in mind, he just lost the national championship game right. to Georgia. So you look uh, up and down, just kind of the recruiting rankings. Texas is in the top five of the recruiting rankings. Guess what? That's another soon-to-be SEC team in Texas. So, I don't know. Fascinating. I love a good brouhaha. It's great, yeah. like you said, for content. It's uh, the big winner to me, even though Sankey went ahead and told Lane Kiffin, no, you're not going to do uh, a radio hey, Patrick show, today. right? <laughs> <laughs> you're not doing that. No. Uh, to me, he's one of the big winners out of all of this Right is the SEC. Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you. I mean, it's, it's a great story. Like, they continue to – I mean – you know, you've even seen this across our network. Uh, just checking our, our locked on group chat, the number of other places, and we're talking about it right now because it's a big conversation, but like everybody's talking about this SEC or not SEC, they're talking about it. But yeah, like the main point here, once again, the, the Jimbo Fisher idea that people are being attacked here, like, no, nobody's being attacked at all. Just calm down with that. All right. But it was fun. I mean, it's, it was fun. And then, I, I did appreciate I, the the best part too. Deion Sanders saying Nick Saban tried to call me and we're going to do this in public. I love the idea of Deion saying, he's like, look, if we're going to hash this out, this will never happen, but you're going to apologize to me publicly. I love that idea. I love the idea of that. So I actually think Dion's a big winner out of all of this. Put it on TV, baby. I'm ready yes. for it. Hey, Josh, thank you, man. I love the, the work that you're doing over locked on big 12 locked on nationals. And uh, really appreciate you taking some time out for us, which 
That gives me a chance to tell you thanks, everybody, for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every day. Your second listen, go check out Josh Neighbors. Come on, man. Get over there to Locked On Big 12 where you can get all your daily Big 12 news in less than 30 minutes with Josh Neighbors, who, as far as I'm concerned, absolutely is an expert, both uh, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Josh, hey, thanks, man. Have a good weekend. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. That's it for us. Uh, until next time, Boomer Sooner, everybody.